Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter and the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The most important election of our lives is here. I discuss what's at stake and what to expect with someone I consider a true patriot. This is Out Loud with John O'Caldwell. Welcome back to Out Loud with John O'Caldwell. I am so excited for today's show. My guest is the one and only Pete Hetzat, the best-selling author and co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend. Pete also served in the U.S. Army for 12 years. He did tours in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Guantanamo Bay, earning two bronze stars and a combat infantryman's badge. After Pete got out of the military, he became the executive director of Concerned Veterans for America. And if that's not enough to honor our troops, Pete has a new book coming out November 24th, titled Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. Pete, we thank you for your service and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So naturally, I want to start with the 2020 election. But first, I think this one question is paramount. You've been a friend of mine for many years, but we've never had a drink, dinner or lunch together. Are we real friends or TV friends, Pete? What are we? You know, I think we're real friends. I think, okay. if, it I, I think if it weren't for COVID-19, we would have had a couple of drinks by now. I think. Okay, I hope so. We were moving in that direction. You know, Del Frisco's is, is somewhere I frequent often. We need to go there together, have a cheeseburger, break bread. That'll happen. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm going to hold that to you. Matter of fact, America will hold you to that now. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so I want to get into the 2020 election. It's on everyone's minds. And of course... You're someone that the president uh, likes to shout out. And you, from my, in my opinion, have a spot on analysis more often than anything else. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on the state of the race. And I want to discuss what's the state for our country. It seems like every four years we hear pundits and politicians say this election is the most uh, important one in decades. But this year, I think there's a sense that that's actually true. Newt Gingrich actually calls it the most important election since 1864, when, of course, Abraham Lincoln was reelected. Do you agree with that sentiment? 
I do agree with that sentiment. And I try to avoid, you know, momentism, this idea that we're dealing something with something so much bigger than previous generations when, you know, we look at the 60s and political assassinations, look at the civil. I mean, there's our country has been through horrific moments. But even in all of those previous moments and Newton, others describe it in much richer detail. But the basics are. Uh, we agreed on the basics. We still sort of loved America for what it was and believed it to be a good and great country. Yes. Uh, and then we would disagree on the margins about what that looked like and what that future looked like. That just doesn't exist today. And I, I, I regret to say that. I wrote a whole book about it called American Crusade, where mm -hmm. you just sort of walked through where the left is today. And I, I think the the manifestations of things like the 1619 Project of, of the cancel culture of mm -hmm. the way we've just decided that American style capitalism, American style freedom, who we are and what we represent, if the left believes it to be evil, they want to tear it down. And Donald Trump simply stands up and says, I think America is still a pretty good place. Yes. Those, those are really stark terms. And that's why I it doesn't mean a Biden administration would immediately begin you know, tearing down America, but it would open the door for the very dangerous forces of the far left who have very radical plans. And if Joe Biden were to win, God forbid, uh, the House and Senate are likely uh, not far behind, which means you've got a very radical moment with some very radical people who have a lot of anger about the four Trump years and will be looking for retribution. So I, I think it would be as dangerous of, of a moment as our country has faced. As far as the election itself, listen, I, I, I could be wrong, but I feel very good. I, I, polls don't vote, people vote. That's what I think. You know, and, and so, it, 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 whether your willingness to answer a poll and say that you support either candidate isn't always reflective of whether you will actually vote, especially in a moment like this where there's, there's been a lot of churn and a lot of chaos and a lot of uh, it, it's just been a hectic 2020. So you and we know that Trump supporters will walk over glass if need be uh, to get to the polls. I mean, you see that enthusiasm. So. I think the 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 elite crowd, the the group thinkers are in for another shock like 2016, except even worse, because somehow they've found a way to convince themselves yet again that Joe Biden has a 90 percent chance of winning the White House, just like they did Hillary Clinton, even the day of Election Day. I mean, this is this is not a knock on Fox, but even Fox internally, you know, on Election Day at 6 p.m. was saying, hey, this will probably be an early night for Hillary. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's just because everyone had it wrong. And I think we're we're in a similar moment. But listen, anybody who thinks they know exactly how this is going to go out is lying to you. I just look at the, 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 the passion and the enthusiasm, find it hard to believe that, that Joe Biden is going to have some sort of a runaway victory. Yeah. You know, just going back to 2016, I just remember being on air with our colleague Jamu Green uh, on Sky News back when Fox had their relationship. And we were on from, I think, 9 to 2 a.m. And she came in from the Hillary party excited, saying, hey, <laughs> I can get you tickets to the inauguration for the ball. She picked out her dress and she was excited. And as the numbers were coming in and we began to see the blue wall break, she literally, we went on commercial breaks. So they switched us out for a segment with Jessica Tarloff and then put us back so we can just get a break. She was in the in the in the back room, the green room, literally on the phone crying. That's how mm -hmm. tough it was for them who believed that Hillary Clinton was just going to run away with it. Now, speaking of something you mentioned earlier, you mentioned retribution, which uh, we know folks on the left, I think, are already trying to do that. If we look at social media, 
where we see the Hunter Biden story continue to be dismissed by the mainstream media. And you see folks in the Twitter sphere, if you post it, you can get locked out. And I know you're a guy who's experienced Twitter locking you out. And I think you were locked out for like a month or something like that. It was something crazy. For a month for for sharing that a a domestic Islamic terrorist was motivated by support for Al Qaeda. And I I just quoted his words to show that it wasn't just some sort of a domestic incident. This was a instance of radical Islamic terrorism. And for, for sharing the words of the person himself who he had shared publicly, I was blocked somehow for um, promoting radicalism. So as a news person sharing what the motivations are of a, of a killer, I'm somehow promoting that radicalism. It was incredibly arbitrary and it feels like small ball compared to what they're doing to people now. I mean, it's a daily occurrence. It was when it happened to you, it was kind of like, wow, this is someone who's a legitimate news person, as you, as you say, how could you lock his account? That, that was something we didn't really see, see before. We just saw folks who might've said something on the fringes, maybe they would get locked out, but a legitimate Fox News host gets locked out of their account for something that wasn't crazy. No, I didn't even say it. I was quoting. Right. I know. I know. I know. And they refused (laughs) to unlock your account. I mean, it was a whole month. It was a whole month, at least. Now now they're blocking the fourth largest newspaper in America. Right. (laughs) A legitimate news story. For a legitimate news story that is now proved to be validated yeah. as people have actually looked into it, yet they still won't unblock them for the original reason for blocking. Not at all. And, you know, the, the idea on the left was this is a Russian disinformation. The DNI has disputed that. The FBI, this store, he actually had the receipt from the FBI. He had the receipt with Hunter Biden's, I guess his signature was on it. His name was on it. And. You're saying, oh, no, this this can't be true. But the interesting part is I think Americans aren't stupid and they know corruption when they see it. So this is going to be one that I think will have a legitimate impact on this election. I, I think so. The, the, the real dangerous part of it is the Democrats continual insistence to just yell Russia. Mm-hmm. How, how dumb is that? A, a it, it, it's the boy who cried wolf. You can't cry that many times and be wrong and have anyone expect to believe you. So were it actually to be Russia, who's going to believe them at this point? And second of all, how much does it empower Russia? Like they're, they're running around saying we really are at the core of rat- rattling the, the, the most important republic on the planet. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing anything right now. Uh, it, it, we're, on the scale of what they're accusing us of doing. I mean, that's like they planted Hunter Biden's laptop and the emails, and now we're all running with it. And it turns out <laughs> Giuliani's a Russian plant. You know what I mean? It's just, it's it's insanity. So it's actually very dangerous, which is why when, when some of us have said the biggest Russian misinformation operators have been the left, who yeah. ran with the story that they're the boogie, that Russia's the boogeyman, and they've totally discredited legitimate efforts because Russia's not our friend. Like they're not good folks. They're right. still attempting to put bounties on the heads of our soldiers and, you know, espionage efforts and disrupt our republic. But they're not behind every wall. And in this case, it's legit. And here's what all it is, is the left wing media, so-called mainstream media running out the clock, refusing to report on something they knew would be damaging. And I think the most damaging part about it is, you know, the most recent stuff about China and the energy company there that Joe Biden was willing to take a 10 percent cut on and supposedly knew about. Um, as he, the policies of his administration had been outsourcing jobs 
to China yeah. had been undermining the energy industry, but he's happy to take money from a state-owned Chinese firm through yeah. Hunter Biden. It's it's I mean, talk about selling out your country. Yeah. See, that's I hope the angle that the president will take is he he never put America first. It was always about enriching himself. And the deals that he did make, whether it's the 1994 crime bill or NAFTA or whatever, ultimately were bad for our country. They were the bad, they were the wrong move. He needs to hammer that follow through point to make the Hunter Biden thing stick. No, and I 100 percent agree with you. And you got to continue to nail that home as we move forward to see um, hopefully Trump be vict- victorious here. You explore in your recent book, American Crusade, Our Fight to Stay Free, which came out in May, whether the election of President Trump is a sign of a national rebirth or the final act of a country that has surrendered to leftists and political correctness. Can you elaborate on that idea? And do you think that's the choice before us in 2020? I do. You know, when I, when I started out to write the book, I'm an optimistic person by nature. And you want to see... No kidding. Um, you? <laughs> well, we, I think we all are, right? Like we want America to be perpetuated and strong and free and better, you know, on the promise that we made that has always been... There's always been flaws in it because we're humans and we're imperfect. And if you want a perfect country, then then head up to heaven. Yeah. Otherwise, nothing down here is going to going to work that way. But we've marched in that direction as, you know, too slow at times and others, but moved in that direction. And but when you look at where we are now and when you start to dissect, as I do in the book, all the quarters in which the left has captured control and how they've manipulated that in the culture and in education, politics is a lagging indicator. So. Just because we win at the polls on one day every four years doesn't mean we actually have the cultural power or the media power or the educational power, which is actually crafting the citizens of the future. So if you're not crafting patriots and you're not crafting capitalists and you're not uh, crafting people of faith uh, and, and that understand freedom, then you're setting yourself up for a future electoral crushing. I mean, Abraham Lincoln once said the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation becomes the philosophy of government in the next. And that's exactly where we've fallen behind is in culture and in education and in our churches. And politics is just the end of that stream. So if Donald Trump can win in 2020, in spite of everything that's been done to him, it shows to me that there's a reservoir of of truth telling and goodness and, and, and and individuality to reject the elites and the group think of it that shows that we can still go back into the culture and try to save our country. If he loses, the left has completely captured the final aspect, which is the political sphere. Sure, Republicans might win again in the future, but what type of Republican? Is it a watered down version that's trying to be more like Democrats so they could be more electorally feasible? I don't know. But it the average lifespan of republics is between 225 and 275 years. We're almost we're approaching 250. Most republics die because they lose their values and become self-serving and and apologetic for their own history. Certainly, we're seeing that right now. And, and so, it's just a very dangerous, dangerous moment. And, and the book is meant to say: before you give up, look at what the left has done. Fight for Donald Trump in 2020. But that is not the end of the fight. And it can't just be political. It's got to be cultural and educational because, you know, COVID has helped expose what kids are learning in school, hopefully telling parents to get, you know, to, to look for different options. And it, it, it's shown what government is willing to do in our daily lives to restrict our freedoms, to include our first freedoms. I mean, I wrote the book before COVID-19 happened, and it's called Our Fight to Stay Free. And 
we've been in the middle of a fight to actually stay free. So it, it's only amped up since then. Yeah, 100%. Now, that, that kind of brings me to my next question, because I, I think you laid out a really good foundation, especially talking about your book, which is amazing. Everybody should go pick up uh, Pete's book, America Crusade, Our Fight to Stay Free. This is a really important question, because I think we have pundits that, be on, that are on television all the time talking about the Trump presidency, what we've seen. And I often say, especially when it comes to African-Americans, President Trump has been the most impactful president from a policy standpoint, not the rhetoric, but from a policy standpoint, he's been the most impactful president for that particular community, the black community. How would you evaluate President Trump's first term? Now, we know it wasn't by no measure perfect, so I don't think anyone will go in with that idea. But how would you evaluate it, Pete? I think he I would evaluate it based on what he said he would do versus what he's done mm-hmm. and and compare it to what previous presidents have said and willing to promise they're going to do and whether or not they're going to deliver. And and if you think about it, there were kind of three main lanes where he cut against the Republican grain that made a lot of us push pull back, at least initially. And it was on trade. It was on immigration and it was on foreign policy. And here he he spent you know a, a big focus of his time was renegotiating trade deals and trying to bring manufacturing back, which he's done. A big portion of his time has been, I mean, they're going to have 400 miles of new or reconstructed wall on the southern border. You can't, no one can say he hasn't been focused on trying to build a wall and, and to confront illegal immigration, which he's done. And then foreign wars. I mean, here's a guy who could have had every opportunity to start a new war or expand a war. Instead, he's gone strong in the places where he needed to, al-Baghdadi and Qasem Soleimani, uh, killing bad guys and sending clear signals, but will ultimately be pulling all the troops out and not get pulled into another foreign conflict and instead has strengthened our allegiances with people like Israel. So on the core stuff, and then, I mean, then you can just rattle down the list. I mean, Iran deal, everything he's done in Israel, embassy, all all of those things, energy renaissance, unleashing it, tax cuts, all of it. I I mean, there's there's the three Supreme Court justices, which is why a lot of people voted for him in the first Mm -hmm. place. And and when you consider what he's faced, and I think that's the, the giant asterisk on the whole thing, is this is a guy who's been deemed illegitimate from the beginning by by the opposition, who launched an investigation into him, which turned into a Mueller report, which led, they didn't have anything, so they created a Ukraine phone call, and then they went with impeachment. And then they, you know, they've been, they've been calling him every ism under the book for four years. And just kind of, I mean, think about how many people, I think it was 60 or 70 congressmen actually boycotted his inauguration. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is not a, the other side that has ever em- embraced in any real way the opportunity for him to have a legitimate presidency from their view. So when you consider what he's gotten done in light of that, it's stunning. It really and is. And I think that's why his enthusiasm is stronger today amongst his base and others than before. It's because they're looking at a politician that, that he made, that talks like them and disregards these sort of elites and just says, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. And, you know, I dare you to tell me the world's falling apart because yeah, of it. Yeah. And uh, he does it. I think that's so interesting. And I want to ask you more about that. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. 
That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I mean, I think you laid it and what you said was absolutely correct, but I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. What do you think President Trump can do better? People often talk about is what he says on Twitter. And sometimes my view is he'll do something really good where we can all cheer and say, yeah, the president of the United States just did X, Y, and Z. And then he'll say something on Twitter, which completely destroys the message. And now it's about what he tweeted about X, Y, Z person versus, oh, this great legislative accomplishment President Trump just pushed forth. Yeah, I, I, I checked out of the Twitter critique game on the president two, three years ago. Like you, it's one of those things where you in order to embrace the 95 percent or the 90 percent that you love, uh, it's not my job to critique the 10 or 5 percent that maybe is not how I would have said it. Mm-hmm. So I just let I, you know, there are entire networks that exist to be rabid about that. That's their <laughs> job. Really, that's all they do is go nuts and out of control on that 10 percent. So I'd rather focus on what he does and, and what he's what he's made happen. I always also love to point you look at all the critiques he'll get from people who were previous presidential candidates or wanted to be presidential candidates or and, and you just got to look at him and say, well, the guy is the president. You're not. Mm-hmm. And he said that before. And if you were so good at what you did, then maybe you would be president, but you're not. So we can always nitpick his approach like, hey, should be should it? right now the, the current moment is he shouldn't be focusing on the Hunter Biden story because that's not the best closing argument. The best closing argument is X, Y, Z. Well, we're about to find out. 
But there's a lot of people that said he should have bowed out of the campaign after the Billy Bush stuff in 2016. People that, you know what I mean? Like there's, he's always had naysayers who have said, you can't do it or you're doing it the wrong way. And he's always led with his gut. He says famously, he's got the greatest brain, uh, which is one of the most amazing ways of saying things. Uh, he's his own best advisor. And you, you lo- I love him for the hyperbole. I love him for the everyday talk. And, the, and you, you know what he means and what he's saying. And having spent time with him privately, too, he's the same guy in public that he is in private with a true love for our country and working class people that, that, that we should have. We should be grateful that someone like that has that perspective. But no, I just... I'm out. I mean, I will be willing to provide a critique if I think it's substantive and it's something like the one thing I would say is I don't think he focused all that much on education in his first term. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I think there's a lot more to be done there, especially considering how much the left has captured the curriculum in our schools and school choice and all the things of. That, that could be done to lift future generations of all backgrounds into the American dream. And, and, and he started to get into it with the whole 1776 commission, which will look at promoting patriotism in our curriculum and look at what our government schools are doing. So he's, he's moving in that direction. But that, to me, would be a big second term uh, effort. But yeah, you know, there's lots of haters out there. He doesn't need another one. So I let him tweet and do his. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you just saw a media guru. I asked him a question. <laughs> no wonder you make the big bugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah. So I want to um, ask you about Joe Biden and the Democrats' agenda. But before I do, I want to ask you about what you think about what 50 cents recently has said. And I'm gonna read this, kind of quoted as, for folks that don't know 50 cent, he's a rapper, he's been around since the early 2000s. Pete is, I can imagine, a very big fan of 50 cents, listen to all his music, music, get his tapes. I mean, in the club. Right, in the club. Notice I said, get his tapes, like how old am I? (laughs) (laughs) You are. But 50 cent, I think we're about the same age. How old are you, Pete? We are, yeah, I'm 40. Oh, okay, I'm 33. I consider everyone between 30 and 50 the same age. Oh, wow. Okay. I see. Why yeah. You got I, that may be a wide range. <laughs> right. But, uh, right. Okay. So you're a little older than me. So you like my big brother. Okay. Got it. So I'm going to read what 50 Cent said on Instagram, but I'm not going to read it word for word. It's profanity laced. He said, what the F? Vote for Trump. I'm out. F New York. The Knicks never win anyway. I don't care if Trump doesn't like black people. 62% are you out of your effing mind? Now, he's, of course, referring to Joe Biden's tax plan and how it was fair um, in New York. And he says that he will not be voting for Joe Biden, essentially. Vote for Trump because he wants to keep his taxes low. Now, thinking about that, and it's kind of funny, it's hilarious, uh, but he has a major following. I think he has almost 30 million followers on Instagram. And if you just look at the numbers, black men in terms of Trump support is trending up. When you look at the numbers, you see that African-American support has gone up since 2016. And when you look at people like, say, a 50 Cent or an Ice Cube who have these major followings and Ice Cube hasn't endorsed the president, he hasn't, but he's worked with them. And he said, hey, I gave the Democrats an opportunity. They said they like it. We'll deal with it after the election, which is the Democratic playbook. They have no interest in really addressing systemic issues in the black community. They say, hey, we're going to leave it as an issue so we can run on it again in four years. That's been my experience as I have seen it, been in politics since I was 14 years old. And that's been the consistent thing. So not surprised there. But how would you 
see their agenda because now they want to raise Joe Biden is talking about he's going to raise taxes on people making four hundred thousand dollars or more, which we know is a complete lie, because if you want to take away the Trump tax cuts, everyone's impacted. So you're raising taxes on everyone. How could you do that in the middle of a pandemic? It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. I love what 50 Cent said. He's right about the Knicks, too, by the way. I, like <laughs> I just wanted to win one time. John Starks was a man and he couldn't do it. But first of all, the point you made at the end is, is precisely correct. The whole thing is a sham. Yeah. Everyone's taxes are going to go up. And to raise taxes on people in the middle of this moment, I mean, it's, it, it's the exact... It's the exact opposite of what needs to be done, which is not government. I mean, government stimulus, fine, whatever, pass a bill. There's a debate going on and we're all sick of it and they're never going to reach an actual consensus. But if you open up, you create the opportunity for people to actually make their own rational decisions uh, and, and uh, about what they want to do with their business and make the money they were making before. And then the idea of keeping the tax cuts allows them to keep more of their money. But if you're going to stay locked down, which Biden would want to do, and raise people's taxes and lie to them about it, that it's only people over $400,000. That is political malpractice if I've ever seen it. But it, it, that, none of that matters right now because it's what do voters perceive to be true. And when you see someone like 50, 50 Cent come out, who no one would describe as a consistent Republican <laughs> Trump supporter. <laughs> right. and, He's a capitalist. And just, but he's a capitalist, yeah. exactly. Come out and say 62%? Is this a joke? Like, I'm going to take 38 cents home of every dollar that I work hard to make in Joe Biden's America. I think that will perk a few more people up. And, and you know, I don't I don't love the dismissive part of what he said about even if Donald Trump doesn't like black people and all that. I mean, there's narratives out there. And that was a throwaway a great line. Break. That, was, that was for social media. I think it was That's a throwaway what, line. Yes, yeah. I think it was. It was to avoid the, the avalanche of what comes. It was a throwaway line. I think more people than than then Democrats or, or media types would admit are inclined to take a look at Trump because he wants to allow people to succeed, keep their money. And he has kept the promises to the black community that he said he would in ways that Barack Obama had yep. or took for granted. And I and it's it just whether or not that information gets to, to voters who are, are, are prepared to receive it. And, and not be deceived by the way the left always frames it, as you talked about. Yeah. President Trump said in 2016, what do you have to lose? And I say, what do you have to gain? And we can talk about the policies as we, we often do. Uh, next question for you, and you're switching gears a little bit. Joe Biden's allies often portray him as a moderate. But many conservatives fear he's just a face being used by the far left to push their agenda. Bernie even said in August that Biden will become the most progressive president since Franklin Delano Roosevelt. <laughs> what are your thoughts on how moderate or radical Biden is? Uh, it's almost irrelevant of how moderate or, or extreme he is because he is surrounded by effectively the ecosystem of Bernie Sanders and Comrade Cortez. I mean, that that is the heart and soul of the modern Democrat Party. Sure, Joe Biden former faux moderate, but never really was, was always a reliable left-wing Democrat, but not a socialist crazy type. He's ahead atop the ticket. Just like Nancy Pelosi, who's always been a leftist, but was never sort of a socialist. She's got the, the votes in the House of Representatives, but she doesn't have the energy and she doesn't have the soul and she's always catering further and further left. And, and again, when you're saying Nancy Pelosi, San Francisco liberal, is the old vanguard of the moderate Democrat Party a scary place. <laughs> and, that, and that's effectively what I'm kind of saying. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the whole wave behind these old timers uh, is, is 
you know, at best faux socialism, at worst real full-on socialism, and and a a loathing of um, the American uh, of American history, of the American system, and and the belief that America is a good country. It's it it is a sort of sixteen nineteen versus seventeen seventy six in that in the framing of what America represents and whether we're a good country, and so I just. Joe, if Joe Biden were to win, no one, no one believes that he has the acumen to actually be the driver of his agenda. And he's going to look to the places where there's energy and, and activism. And I think you would see his cabinet full of people with radical left wing ideas. And he is just being who he needs to be at the moment to not make sure he doesn't tick off the Bernie folks enough or turn off Pennsylvania voters enough. And that's why he won't answer honestly about fracking and why he's been on both sides. That's why he won't honest or answer honestly on packing the court or adding justices, because he can't. He's balancing between two worlds that no longer exist together anymore. That swing voter in Pennsylvania has very little in, in common with the socialists on the far left who are driving the national agenda. He knows that. So and that's part of the reason why. He's you know, used COVID as an opportunity to do even less campaigning than he did before. It's because what are you going to say and which voters are you speaking to? And they're hoping it's just a referendum on Donald Trump. And, and I think that's that's just a dangerous strategy. You know, sports like how early do you go into the four corners offense and, and just start passing the ball, hoping you can hold on to a lead when the other guys press it and press it and press it. And there is there's still time on the clock. Right. And I think that's Donald Trump is going Swing state after swing state after swing state, you know, daring voters to vote against him and with an understanding of meaning this is who the left would be for your life. Right. Do you really want that? Even if you don't love every aspect about me, I'd rather be in his position than sort of pretending to be two different things of which I am neither and really not portraying a public image. But the advantage that that um, Biden has is that the media will cover for him. And I don't I don't think you can underestimate except for. Podcasts like this, Rush Limbaugh and the Fox News Channel, everybody else is in the tank for Joe Biden uh, in, an, in not just in a biased way, but in an agenda way. And and that that has an impact. But thankfully, because we're we're the types of folks that believe in individuals who can think for themselves and don't think people in flyover America are dumb and and deplorable. I think they cut, I think they see through it. And I think they they recognize that there's only one side of the spectrum that reflects their values right now, I hope. Well, here at Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell, we're the sworn enemy of PC culture. So I thank you for that commercial you just gave us. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be doing that. We need to take a break now to pay some bills. Up next, I want to analyze the current state of the 2020 election and how mail-in voting may throw the process into shambles. But first, here's a word from my sponsor. Don't go away. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So let's get into the state of the presidential election. Most polls have consistently had Joe Biden ahead of President Trump, and conventional wisdom says that Biden will win. But you recently tweeted the following, polls don't vote. Which is something that I always say polls don't vote, people do. So I think you got that I from me, but that's okay. I, we, we can share. <laughs> we, can share. we can share. <laughs> Please do. Pollsters, pundits, and group thinkers and GOP frauds are in for an even bigger shock than in 2016. President Trump's support and enthusiasm is stronger than ever before and broader. His supporters will walk over glass to vote for him in droves, as you said earlier before. Do you think President Trump is going to win like 100 percent? He's going to win. Would you put it? Put your house. On? I would put my house on it. Yeah, I would. And not in a sort of flippantly. Oh, I'm a Trump supporter. Therefore, I have to predict that he will win. Otherwise, I'll, I'll get backlash in a in a very real 300 electoral vote win that looks a lot like the last looks a lot like four years ago. And it, a lot of it's because I've had a chance to travel the country for Fox and Friends, small towns, big towns, suburbs, cities farm towns. And I've never seen anything like enthusiasm. I I thought I'd never seen anything like I saw in 2016 until you see now. And and as you alluded to, it's not just the traditional folks in outstate areas of, of the country that are red, that are very enthusiastic about Trump. If you go to a Trump rally, you find 20, 25, 30% of the people there are, are former Democrats or Democrats. Uh, it's yeah. a far more diverse crowd, racially diverse than than a lot of people would admit or or anticipate when you go to uh, an event like that. So I actually think he has stronger support across different constituencies. And it's not going to be a majority, but you don't need a majority of certain groups in order to put a coalition together in order to win. And I, I just the changes to the methodology that would have been needed to find hidden Trump supporters for whatever reason were not made and and I and are not reflective of where we are today. Now, I say all that. I, the reason I love election night, uh, this is honest. I, I love it because it's it, rarely in life you find moments that are both completely unpredictable and consequential. Like, you know, sports is unpredictable, right? You don't know who's going to win on any given Sunday, but it's not consequential. Who cares? You turn it off, your life doesn't change. Um, right. But right. or like being a school teacher, that's very consequential but more or less predictable. You know what your school day is, who your students are, you're doing your thing. You're How often do we get moments that are both completely consequential and completely unpredictable? And that is, you know, 
it's either election night or combat, basically. And 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 having seen a little bit of the latter, you know, I'll pass on that for now. Election night is is one of those moments where we're just all going to sit back and go, this could go any way. And we we have, I mean, the polls have been so off. I mean, I could wake up on November 4th and suddenly Joe Biden won by seven points and I didn't see it coming and I didn't understand the electorate and the polls were actually right. And, you know, I'm on my face, but I don't see that happening. I I really, really don't. But it's going to be a long election night and it's going to be a long few days after that with the way we're counting votes. And and there is a legitimate fear from folks like me that um, that, you know, localized fraud could be a component. We saw it in Minneapolis where, where I'm from in my home state of Minnesota ballot harvesting and things like that. So I think the Trump campaign is prepared to take stuff like that on. Um, but I'm I'm very, very hopeful. And to me, that is, tells me a lot about the American people that can cut through all that the media has tried to do to them and can still ch- stay true to themselves. We'll see. So, you know, thinking of that hitting Trump voter, just in terms of the, the polls. So in 2016, the polls were wrong for the reason that they only polled people who voted in the last two elections previously. And Trump clearly brought out people who hadn't voted ever or in generations. So they 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 wouldn't have seen those folks coming. Now, those same folks who voted, possibly they've been polled. Of course, we've seen oversampling of yep. Democrats and in, in a lot of these polls. And you look for the cross tabs and you're like, OK, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Clearly, we see that. But. Do you think that there are some other Trump voters out there that perhaps said like, oh, maybe this is a gimmick, what this guy's talking about? Some people obviously believe that others are like, oh, maybe not. And then they saw how he performed as president and they're like, maybe maybe I'm going to go out and vote and I haven't voted forever. So there's that hidden Trump vote. Do you think that there's a large hidden Trump vote? substantial hidden Trump vote. I, I think for all the reasons you just cited still exist in large part in 2020, there is an oversampling of Democrats that I still can't seem to figure out, especially in light of the fact that Republicans have been actively registering Republicans in swing states and Democrats have not over the last year. I also think there's this new layer of absolute and complete life destruction and cancel culture where just any open, I mean, the amount of people that come up to me and say, I am a, a strong Trump supporter, but I can't tell anyone at where I work or I run a business and I could never admit that, or I run a small repair shop and I can't put it out there because people would come after me. And can you imagine them wanting to talk to some anonymous person on a phone call and tell them who they support? I, I, I think, and I've got anecdote after anecdote of people telling me, hey, I get those phone calls and I tell them either nothing or I tell them I support Biden or, you know, I mean, you don't have to answer a pollster, honestly, if you don't want to. Um, what that percentage is, what that delta is, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say it's almost inconsequential. It's interesting. Trends in polls are interesting over time. And yes, we've seen the gap widen. We're seeing it shrink a little bit more right now. But if you look at where the real clear politics average was for Hillary Clinton in states like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan, um, Donald Trump was behind substantially. Um, and if he's anywhere near that so-called um, uh, margin, meaning if he's even anywhere near that far behind on Election Day, the chances of him making that up with hidden Trump voters is very, very strong. And enthusiasm matters to the point of that tweet. A hugely, hugely. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Warren had an event in Minnesota a week ago. A friend of mine shot me a photo and it's been all over social media. She had eight people there, six of which are of voting age. Okay. 
there, there were, I mean, there was absolutely nobody there. And when you go to somewhere like Tucson or other places in Arizona that are effectively bluish areas, and there are miles and miles of lines of thousands and thousands of people just waiting to see the president in the motorcade, I, I, I don't think we're going to have a question as to whether those people vote. If you're willing to stand in a line for an hour just to see the man, I feel like you'd be willing to spend stand in a line for a few hours to vote for the man. And but but right. what I don't know is how much Democrats are will. You know, there's a real and there's a lot of anti-Trump hatred out there that is not Joe Biden enthusiasm, but they see their their Trump hatred him as the vessel for that, and how much that enthusiasm will translate into votes. We'll see. But I know if I was a Democrat, I'd be less than enthused about the Joe Biden ticket, unless I believed he'd just be a placeholder for Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Comrade Cortez, which, uh, you know, a lot of us feel that he would be. You know, I didn't. I wrote this in my book, Taking for Granted, which you thankfully supported, uh, taking for granted how conservatism can win back the Americans that liberalism failed. There's so many people who are afraid to speak up about their politics. I was just in L.A., Recently, and a guy walked up to me on the street and he was telling me how much he supports President Trump. And he doesn't believe that he's a racist because he knew him personally way back when. And you continue to hear stories like that story after story. Herschel Walker, who was our first guest on Outlaw with Gianna Caldwell, and I encourage people to listen to the episode. He talked about how the relationship he had with Donald Trump and how he doesn't believe him to be a racist because he knows him. And it's kind of hard for those who rappers who've hung out with them and entertainers, how could you be with a racist for years and years and years? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So there is definitely a lot of people who are afraid to um, speak up. And now here's an opportunity for them to do it. That testimony from Herschel Walker at the RNC was one of the more powerful things I'd ever seen. I mean, and, and I talk about a guy who is, has not been overtly political his entire life, but almost feels obligated to come out and talk about a personal friend who he's seen for decades uh, and just be honest about it. That kind of stuff is powerful. I hope Herschel's back on the trail for the last couple of weeks sharing that same message. I think it would it would continue to resonate. I loved it. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent. And check out the the episode on Ally with Gianno Caldwell. He laid some some real gems. You have a new book coming out November 24th titled Modern Warriors, Real Stories from Real Heroes. In a book, you tell inspiring stories of 15 American heroes from across the military service members who earned some of our military's highest honors. Why did you decide to write this book? Why now? The guys and gals that we interviewed for this book are just absolutely incredible. Not because of, you know, Medal of Honor recipients, Silver Stars, Bronze Stars with Valor, Navy SEALs, Army Rangers, Green Berets, fighter pilots, all of which saw substantial combat since 9-11. And, and we've been doing a show on Fox Nation called Modern Warriors. And it's a, it's a, it's a repeating series. And it came about because, you know, on Fox and Friends, we do a segment here or a segment there with a vet. And just when you got to the meat of the issue, uh, it'd be time to wrap for commercial break. And that just the nature of, you know how it goes, nature of television, three and a half minutes, four minutes. And I just felt, mm. and we would always get the response, like, I want to hear more. So, and the most fascinating conversations you can ever have with vets is when you're sitting at the bar having beers, telling the real deal story. And they start revealing the details and, and what did it smell like and how did I really feel? That's what I think folks want to hear more of. So we, we put together Modern Warriors where we're just sitting around a table having drinks, talking about, you know, I'm the moderator, but my job is to kind of fade away and let these, you know, the guy that shot Bin Laden and the lone survivor and, and this Army Ranger and Medal of Honor recipient and then just rank and file guys as well, share their experiences and talk about 
you know, and then we get into oftentimes, you know, what's happening in politics, what's happening in our culture. Should we still be in the wars we're engaged in, rules of engagement, all stuff like that. I mean, it became clear, hey, this is something we could we could do in a more um, permanent sense with a book. And so we, we reached out to a bunch of the people who'd been part of the episodes. Um, they were willing to sit down for interviews. And what's different about the book is it's really in their own words. It's meant to be the similar format. Like you're hearing them talk about their combat experiences and then transitioning back home. And these are the real 1% in America uh, who have done so much more than, than, than any of us have. And it, it, it's, uh, it's a cool compilation of stories. And, and we just filmed actually another episode of Modern Warriors, which will air on the channel uh, around Veterans Day. And we went to a range down in Texas and just shot guns in competition. And I, I won't I won't spoil it, but you can't. I was against two Army Rangers, a Navy, Navy SEAL and a Marine Corps gun nut. How do you think I did? Um, maybe I didn't come in first or second or third. It's it's actually a new book. It's the first book from Fox News Books, which is a partnership with HarperCollins. So it's a, it's a new launch that Fox is going to be doing. And I think it'll be the kind of book people. Like. Oh, yeah. It's coming out for Christmas coming out for Veterans Day. And the stories are, are just uh, one of a kind. And we'll be sure to pick that up. And we want to thank you for joining us here at Out Loud with Gianna Caldwell. Thank you for spending time with us. And I uh, hope to see you on Fox and Friends weekend. And hope to be joining you there soon. I want to give a big thank you to Pete Hetzep for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. Please also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gianno Caldwell. Thank you to our producer, Stephen Calabria, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.